Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while, right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law will fight that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 333, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. A lot to dazzle and entertain you with. Many of you listening to this on the Friday before Wild Card Weekend, the last time that we will talk to you until either, this only goes one of two ways. It either goes away where we get together again on Monday night to record, and I'm elated, I'm stoked, I've convinced myself the Super Bowl is coming, or I'm despondent, I'm pissed, I go through the emotion of, should I just burn my Cowboys hoodie, why do I love this franchise? Only one of two things can happen. I mean, we we are at the precipice of going into wild card weekend somebody was asking me that today they said what would you do if the cowboys lose i said i'm not thinking that yeah but what if i was like i don't believe they're going to okay but what if they do i "I don't think they will like what do you want me to say you want me to say oh i think the cowboys might lose i don't think so i don't know what do you want me to tell you You want me to bail out on my team that's just how i I mean i don't (laughs) i know you don't but yeah we got a lot to get into we got a lot of stories around the block that are going to be fun looking forward to that But before we get started, let's tell you about Greening Law. Robert Greening, his team, the green team there at Greening Law, as many of you know, I was hurt in a car accident a year and a half ago. And I've said this before, but this is true. I have no idea what I would do if Robert Greening and the green team weren't helping me out. Because there are so many, like we're at a point now, I'm like, wow, really? Oh, that? Man, I, I would have no clue how to even do this on my own. So if you've been hurt in a car accident and it wasn't your fault, Injured on the premises of a business, I am telling you, give it to the experts, man. Let them handle this. Just give them a call. The consultation is free to find out if you've got a case or not. Matt's tried to break it down a million different ways. And and the bottom line, no matter how you, how you get to it, is always, if you've been involved in an accident and it's somewhere out there, <laughs> away from your crib, and somebody's injured you, pick up the phone, call 972-934-8900. Literally, pick it up, 972-934-8900, ask for the green team, say, yo, Jacques and Matt told me I had to call you. Mm -hmm. Here's my set of situation. Here's my circumstance. What do you think? And if you've got a case, they'll say, hey, come aboard. Let us work with you. 
we don't get paid unless you get paid so we're going to grind for you and if it doesn't they'll say hey i don't think it's a good fit but we wish you well it's that simple but to pick up the phone is is what you got to do because if they take you on as a client man i'll tell you it's a lucky day for you it is it's very easy to do and again that consultation's free it's easy it's 972-934-8900 so give them a call it's robert greening offices dallas texas so here we go man wild card weekend and a couple of things to get into i mean we were we kind of went through the matchup pretty hardcore on the last podcast it's a tough one the things that tampa does well pass dallas in recent weeks since the injury to anthony brown has not done well which is defend the pass they, they have a so-so defense i mean this is one of those games to me that you kind of feel teams are going to put up some numbers assuming that the cowboys offense not washington version shows up the way that we have seen it capable of showing up throughout the course of the season but man the one thing that you keep looking at and i know that tom brady is 108 years old and he's not tom brady of his prime but he's still tom brady man and and it's wild when you look at this and i don't know what prompted me to go down this rabbit hole today with tom brady but i started looking at his numbers and what he's done in his career he's so comfortable in these situations this is tom brady's 20th trip to the playoffs in his career on monday night he will play his 48th playoff game this will only be the seventh time he's played in the wild card round wow he has a four and two record in wild card games so he's only lost twice in wild card games he lost to the ravens back in 09 and he lost his last year in new england they lost to the titans in the wild card round he has 35 career playoff wins. Tom Brady by himself has more career playoff wins than all but four franchises in their history. New England has 37. Green Bay and Pittsburgh have 36. And this is what's, I mean, I guess somewhat ironic. Dallas has 35 as well. So on Monday night, <laughs> if Tom Brady beats the Dallas Cowboys... He will then have more playoff wins than a franchise like the Dallas Cowboys have had in their entire history. Wow. I mean, what can you say? But that's why he's the GOAT, man. Yeah. And uh, here's the thing, man. And this, this is not complicated. I'm not breaking news. I'm just, you know, re, you know, just telling you what it is so that there's a bunch of clarity and nobody's misunderstood. You know, the reality is, and it makes sense because he's 45 years old and has played a zillion games and has played for a zillion years. He is a vampire. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what I mean? That's and so <laughs> you, you must, they know, you know, you must drive a stake through his heart and kill him. You know, all this other stuff, it's not going to work. All the stuff you see is, is just not going to work. You have to climb into the crypt drive a stake through his heart it's the only way to kill him uh if you give him any 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 chance to beat you at the end he will do it yeah and he will do it because you know he's going to do it and he knows he's going to do it and that's why he will do it and so you know for dallas to win man they need to be up by nine with about a minute or two left um to clinch it it's a uh it's an incredible task for them and uh you know man uh, I'd feel better about their task if they were, if they had played well the last couple of weeks, but they play yeah. like garbage, man. Yeah, it's and, it's, it's, and it's not that Tampa has played great because no. they haven't. 
But, you know, I have a sense that, now this is just your boy here. I feel like there's more guys on Tampa's team that understand how to win at winning time than are on the Cowboys team. And I wouldn't put much stock into that or I wouldn't put as much stock into it if they had played better as of late. Yeah. But they haven't. And you know, I don't care who you are, bro. You could be, and I've seen it at all different levels, if I'm going to be honest with you, Matt. I've seen it in the DeSoto Youth League when my son played for the DeSoto Panthers. I've seen it all kinds of uh, middle school games. I've seen it for high schools when my kid was involved. I've seen it in high schools when my kid wasn't even born yet. And I've seen it in college. I've seen it in pro. If you don't have confidence, then even the best players can be average because they're not playing with confidence. Mm. And when you have it, even average guys in basketball can come out and hit you for 40 because on that particular day, they believe that they were Michael Jordan. And football players on a particular day can play games that you never believe they could play because just the sheer confidence that they have on a given day. That's all to say that I don't know how you could be, I don't know how you could have confidence if you're the Cowboys based on the way you've played. You can have it based on the way you've played this season. But going into the playoffs, you got to be like, come on, guys, we got to get together. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. As opposed to, oh, yeah, man, fuck them. Yeah. Let's go kick their ass. It's going to be interesting. And, you know, and I know that you always, and it's, it's true because what happened even a year ago, really, I mean, this is a completely different team. But the reality of it, that this franchise hasn't found a way to win a road playoff game since 1992, 0-8 since then. This franchise that has never beaten Tom Brady, they're 0-7 against Tom Brady. You know, you look at this, is this the time to snap this? And it's really interesting because the, we all know there's that colossal hole on the other side of Trayvon Diggs. And they, they tried Bossman Fat over there, fail. They tried Nashawn Wright over there, fail. They tried the dude who was out there the other week. What was his name? Trayvon Morrell or whatever. Fail. Yeah, from the Arizona Cardinals. So this week they go out and they sign Xavier Rhodes. Or Xavier Rhodes, excuse me. And, and Rhodes is a guy, a former first-round draft pick, who played in Minnesota and played very well for years. He was, I mean, he, we're talking about a guy who's a former All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowl player. But again, that was back in 2017, 18, 19. He played for the Colts for a couple of seasons. And then earlier this year, he was on the practice squad with the Bills. He was active for the Bills for like a couple of games. They released him about 10 days ago and the Cowboys picked him up. He was asked today, you know, could you go on Sunday? And he said, I wouldn't be here if I couldn't go. So are we about to see yet another cornerback basically grabbed off the street, literally given a shot in a wild card playoff game to see what he can do on that side of the field? See, that doesn't bother me. And here's why. Um, he doesn't have to be great. No, he doesn't, he doesn't even have to be good. What's the only thing? This is not a rhetorical question. Mm. What's the only thing he has to be better than, man? Well, Morrell, Wright or Kelvin Joseph. There you go. Be better than whoever like, the best of those guys is. Like, literally. That's, that's literally all he has to do. Are you better than this guy? And if we go, let's, let's use Madden as an example. If Bossman Fett is a 52 overall, and Nation is a 66, and Morrell is a 68, if this guy is a 70, oh, fine, run yeah. him out there. 
because he's better. What you're doing at the bottom of the roster, you're always trying to get just a little bit better, just a little bit better, just a little bit better. That's all that matters. Is he a little bit better than the other guys? If he is, roll him out there. If he's not, he can take a seat with everybody else. And, and, and by the way, it was, it's Mullen. It's Trayvon Mullen is the guy's last name, and not Morell. And that, that kind of goes to show how impressive he was to us against Washington and, and whatever else he's done this season. So we'll see, man. This is – I really want the Cowboys to get this one. I think everybody would, would – you wouldn't be listening if, for the most part, you weren't hoping that. I did think it was interesting because when you talk Tom Brady and you talk Dak Prescott, you know, I, I used to really like Dan Orlovsky when he first got brought on to ESPN. <laughs> no, for real, like when he first got brought on, I thought he gave a lot of really good analysis that was fresh and easy to understand. And I think he started to see guys like Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith where all you got to do is piss off a certain fan base and you can make millions. And so you see him, he takes unnecessary shots at Dak and unnecessary shots at the Cowboys constantly, which I don't know how much he really believes, but Dan Orlovsky put out his list of like ranking the starting quarterbacks in the playoffs. He's got Dak Prescott listed 12th, just ahead of Brock Purdy and Skylar Thompson, Behind Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, who's never played in a playoff game, Geno Smith, and Kirk Cousins. Dak is 12th. Now, see, I I look at that two ways. Now, I'm asking myself, because I didn't ask Dan Orlovsky, is he basing that on, like, a recency bias? Which is fine, if you are. Like, going into the playoffs, this is my rankings. And if he if he is, then I'm not really uh, I'm not really all that bothered by it because Dax played like shit the last two weeks or last especially the last game. Um, if you're doing it as a, a a real like a who's a better quarterback ranking, then no, Dak is not the 12th guy on that list. Uh, but it depends on how you're doing the ranking. Um, but before we we dive into that, I will tell you before I forget. Yeah, I believe you're 100 percent correct in what he's doing. And to me, it's disappointing. It is. But I've, I've seen other people do it. And it's the, I mean, it's, it's really just what Matt said. Let me say some outrageous shit that I don't really believe. Because that'll, that'll draw this attention. And ultimately, the suits will pay me more because they'll see like, oh, everything, everything Dan Olasky says touches. And, and he becomes this, this lightning rod figure and you get, end up getting paid for that. But the reality is his analysis and the stuff he does with Ryan Clark and all that stuff is so good that he really doesn't have to resort to this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. I wish, but it, it's what it is. And you look at this man and I don't know. It's just one of those things where and, and I, I have honestly like to me, it's like, who would you like? Like, who would you take to ride into the playoffs yourself? And I get like I have no problem that he, the seven guys that he has number one through seven. Obviously, Mahomes number one, Joe Burrow two, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady. Now, see if it's recency bias. So you're telling me you want banged up Lamar Jackson who hadn't played in however many weeks? Yeah. And to be quite honest with you, it's. <sighs> Well, it's, it's just one of those things because when you look at this and you look at their careers and you look at what they're capable of doing, 
why Lamar Jackson? He's one and three in the playoffs. Dak is one and three in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson in his playoff career is one and three with three touchdowns and five interceptions and 56 completion percentage rate. Dak Prescott is one and three in his playoff career with six touchdowns and three interceptions and a 61% completion percentage. So his numbers in the playoffs have been much better than Lamar Jackson's. So, so what are we going on? I mean, Lamar Jackson hasn't played in a game. He got hurt on December 4th. So he hasn't played in a game in what, six, seven weeks? So based yep. on the totality of what we're talking about and what we've seen this year, I'm not putting Lamar Jackson ahead of Dak. Now, you want to put Tom Brady ahead of him? He's the GOAT. Tom Brady shows up in the damn playoffs, no problem with that. Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, they have no playoff experience. You really, like, Geno Smith, do we honestly believe that those quarterbacks are, are the quarterback that you would choose to ride with instead of Dak Prescott? I, I just, I can't buy into that. Like, I, I, would, I would put Dak as the seventh best quarterback in the playoffs, and I would put Lamar Jackson eight. Right. Uh, I, w- I really wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that, but hell, I might put Lamar Jackson lower than that just because he hadn't played in so long and he's still hurt. Yeah, if we're if we're going off of that, then yeah, then I mean, I'd, I'm putting hell, I might put Lamar Jackson where Dak Prescott is because yeah. I, I mean, is Lamar Jackson playing? No, but I think we I think we we all have to understand that yeah, there is some recency bias whenever somebody, you know, I, I've been in situations where I've put together charts like this and stuff yeah. like this. And it is about, you know, what's in your head right now. Um, you know, a lot of it is is um, just the way I look at the game right now. I got recency bias because the Cowboys didn't look good against Tennessee, even though they won by two touchdowns, and they didn't look good the other day. And I'm like, geez, this is a bad time to be playing your worst football while everybody else seems to be playing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like at the end of the day, that's what it all circles back around to. And that's why a lot of people, you know, you look at all the talking heads that are on these debate shows and whatnot. Everybody's picking Tampa Bay to win. Dallas is going to have to come out and show us something that we haven't seen in a while. And they don't have to be awesome. I mean, they're playing Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is eight and nine. And I feel like people are talking about them like they're 13 and four or something. Like yeah, re- one of those. Th- this is still a average Tampa Bay team but the problem is if Tampa Bay plays their average game and Dallas plays like we've seen in the last couple of weeks Tampa will beat them yeah but I, I think the um, you know I think it's not just a recency bias it's you know man I think it's also some matchup stuff it like, is for sure you know, and, and matchup to me is more about how um, you know like what you do well they do well. What you don't do well, they do well. And so it it, mm-hmm. it could be a matchup problem where they can just attack your weaknesses, and, that, and that's right in their wheelhouse, whereas your strength is right into the wheelhouse of their defensive strength. And, you know, how do you, you know, are you going to win that battle? That's the question. Strength on strength, will you win that battle? And then based on what we've seen lately, they can't move anybody in the run the game. I mean, it's just, uh, I would really like for them to win. Because uh, it makes life more interesting, more exciting, and all this other stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for them winning. But, dude, it just looks like a bad matchup to me. So you have Tampa winning. Why do you say that? I'm just, I'm using, you know what it is? I'm using my context clues. Okay, fine. I've got Tampa winning. I knew it! Uh, 23-19 if you want to score. Oh, my uh, God. If that, see, if that happens, I mean... 
And you know, I told you why. It's because, matter of fact, let me let me tell you exactly why. Balls. Um, exactly why? Because, and I I tried to be as honest as I could with this. But here's why. The Cowboys' most important player, Dak Prescott, is playing his worst football of the season heading into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The running game has disappeared, and left corner spot has the potential to be a disaster. The Cowboys are the better team, and they're more talented. But it ain't my job to have hope, faith, and optimism that they'll play that way. True. I'm an admitted prisoner of the moment, so I'm taking Brady over Dak. Okay, I think that's fair. And, And I am not picking against the Cowboys. There's no way I'm doing it. You don't I, have to. I have the Cowboys winning in Tampa 28-24. So you and I basically have Tampa scoring the same, but I'm going to put that faith that the Cowboys offense, and like you said, I am having hope, faith, and optimism that this Cowboys offense that we have be, seen be so explosive at times this year, even though it hasn't been in recent weeks, that they figure it out and that Dak comes out and plays a good game. And I'll tell you this, I've been a Dak supporter for a long-ass time. If they lose this game and he goes to one and four in the playoffs in his career and he looks anywhere near what he has or he throws another couple of interceptions, I think that you have to go into this offseason with some serious questions about whether or not you want to give this dude another contract. Uh, That's fair. Because the name of the game is winning in the playoffs. And there are those quarterbacks, and we know this, and most quarterbacks in the league are this way. There's quarterbacks who can get you to the game But it's part of the reason why the 49ers drafted Trey Lance and were trying to get rid of Jimmy G. They didn't believe that Jimmy G was the guy who could make that throw to win them a Super Bowl. Right, right. And you go to one and four in your career in the playoffs. You going into year eight. I mean, Todd Archer's told us a million times, you go back to 1980, only three quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl this deep into their careers in the last 40 whatever years. Right. I'm not saying, I mean, obviously he's going to be the quarterback in 2023. And I seriously doubt that you're getting rid of him after before, like he's going to be here for the next couple of years. But I'm just saying that you might want to start thinking about, okay, because reality of it is probably after 2023, you're going to have to extend this guy again if you want to. And, and you need to start, I think if it doesn't work out and he doesn't show that he can get you another playoff win, at some point, you got to look at the quarterback and go, look, dude, we're paying you a shit ton of money and you're supposed to do more for us. That's where quarterbacks are judged. They're judged in the postseason. You know, but it, uh, you know, I think you've said it, but it, it, you know, we should discuss it again. It just, it just depends on how the game goes down. So, yeah, they're one in four. You know, I don't think anybody who has a clue looks at the loss to Green Bay and says, yep, that one's on deck. You know no, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, his ledger says one and three, um, but you know he they he put his team in position to win that game. Uh, yeah, he put, I mean he, he almost stole like they should have won the game his rookie year against Green Bay. Right, that's what I'm talking about. And you know, and then um, you know, so it's it's all about how he plays and what he does, and are they in a position to win? Um, and if they are, and he plays well, then you know it's just uh, you know it is what it is. Because uh, it is a team game, and and yeah, quarterback gets a record, but you also have to have a you know you also have to understand what's going on in the game and whether yeah the quarterback is the reason why you won or lost, yeah, or or if it was something else why you won or lost. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, and, and that's and, that, that's kind of my point. Like if if it's if he looks similar to like he has, especially against Washington, Jesus. But you know, if, if he goes out and he throws another one of these interceptions or a couple of them, and then we look at this and, and essentially that'd be 17 interceptions on the season, and you look at this and go, okay, what the hell is going on? Where this was a consistent problem. And he's going to be here, but I think you have to start looking in the future. Like, do you have an opportunity? Is there a quarterback in the third round or something that you want to try and develop for a year or so before you have to make this decision on Dak? And, and this year may not be the year. Maybe it's next offseason. Yeah, that's just, you know, but the, the name of the game in the NFL is winning ultimately. And so at a certain point, for everybody, when you don't win or you're not contending to win, meaning championship games yeah. and Super Bowls, uh, people start coming for you. People start looking at you. Uh, Kellen Moore, people are people are looking at him like, yo, bro. Yeah, they should what's be. Wrong with, what's wrong with your offense, man? Regular season's great. You, you got to come up with a plan that, that gives your quarterback a chance to uh, – to do something in the in the, uh, in the playoffs, you know, what approach will you take? Will you come out throwing against a team geared up to stop the run? Will you come out and trust your run game and see if they can, you know, open up some things with it? You know, uh, first drive, you hate to say, it's going to be extremely important for the Cowboys because you don't want them to be having to play from behind, where Todd Bowles and the way he likes to play defense can just tee off. Yeah. So it's going to be a real good game because Tampa's not that good. Tampa hasn't played that good. They just have the ultimate winner in Tom Brady, and when in doubt, who doesn't pick Brady? When in doubt, who doesn't pick Brady? Yeah, if, if you have doubt, I, I don't blame you whatsoever. I am not going to doubt. I don't want to face the disappointment that it would be if a 12-5 and Cowboys team fails to win a playoff game yet again. Yeah, no, that would be uh, that would be tough, bro. I mean, back to back years with ten plus wins, back to back years in the playoff, and then back to back years exiting in the wild card round. Yeah, no, sir. I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's the reality that's staring them in the face, and and it's what it is, man. They were twelve and five last year. They're twelve and five this year. You're going to be twenty four and ten, and not have a single playoff win to show for that. Hey man, sometimes it's the luck of the draw. So we'll we'll well, we'll be see. lucky. <laughs> Maybe I need to give the pregame speech. You know, it's uh, you know these games like this, man, and you know we could talk about it for a minute. Like, the, your best players got to play the best games. So offensively, that got to be a beast. Mm-hmm. Um, City Lamb's got to be a beast. Tony Pollard's got to be a beast. And uh, Zach Martin has to be a beast. And then you really need the rest of the linemen to just be solid. They can't be getting their ass kicked up front. You know, and then defensively, you know, Michael Parsons has got to do his thing. Trayvon has got to do his thing. And Tank Lawrence has got to do his thing. And those are your best guys. Uh, Maybe J. Ron Kirsch belongs in that conversation. I don't know. But... If your best guys all play their best games, you have a hell of a shot to win. But, you know, it's they're not so talented they can win without their best guys playing playing their good football, which is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. We'll see if they can. 
we'll find out on Monday night. And keep in mind that we're not going to record. You won't have a new podcast on Monday morning. I know a lot of people are off Monday. I'm actually off on Monday. It's Martin Luther King Day. And so we will be recording on Monday night after the Cowboys game. And once we get that wrapped up, I'll just make it available immediately late Monday night. And you can listen to that on late Monday night or on Tuesday will be the next podcast. So just make a note of that. Do want to tell you about Bruce Biltong. I hope you guys are supporting Bruce Biltong. One, they support us and, and help make the podcast possible. Two, it's really good. It actually is a phenomenal snack. It's very similar to beef jerky, but it's a traditional South African air dried meat. We've been telling you about them for a while. They are better than beef jerky. If you like beef jerky at all, you will have biltong and you'll never go back to beef jerky. And Bruce biltong is where it's at. B-R-U-S B-I-L-T-O-N-G promo code JAM15 at checkout, man. And you get 15% off your order. So if you still have not tried this, I would encourage you to go to BruceBiltong.com and, and try some of it. Oh, man, Biltong is it's really good. And it's really good because it's all the stuff that you like about beef jerky without it getting in your teeth, without it being quite so uh, so dry. Mm. Uh, it's really succulent. I mean, it's tender. Uh, really, until you try it, you, you really don't believe, like, this is what we're talking about. But that's what it is, man. And um, it's fantastic. Uh, I like to rock with the slice built on. Uh, the slab has been growing on me because you can kind of cut it how you want it. Uh, but Biltong is great, man. It's a terrific snack. It's got 230 calories and 30 grams of protein in a two-ounce pouch, which is fantastic if you're trying to watch your weight or if you're just trying to have a good, clean snack that doesn't have a lot of BS in it. It's fantastic. BruceBiltong.com, promo code JAM15 at checkout. Also, of course, as always, brought to you by JR and his guys over there. It's Freeway Tire Shop. And yeah, tires, we all need them at some point, which can be a pain in the ass, but you want to know you're not getting ripped off. You're getting a fair price. JR offers that on tires. He also offers you not only fair price, but the best customer service experience. And he stands behind his work on tires, on oil changes and all that type of stuff. And in general mechanic work, he's the guy you can trust and he does the work right. (laughs) I'm laughing because this is always the case with me, man. JR fixed the catalytic converter on my on my dude's challenger. Nice. I didn't buy him a challenger. He stole it from his mother and she just never asked for it back. Uh but he's he's been driving the challenger. JR fixed it. It wasn't acting right. Took it back. No problem, man. Had it back to us in a couple of days. Say, oh, I find out the problem. It's all good now. And that's that's what I'm talking about when I say you rock with JR. It's not a fight like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. No, he's like, no, nah, it's all good, man. Come in, get it done. Oh, here's the problem. Got it got it fixed. You're off and running again. And I, I tell you, that that's what I like about him, man. You can trust him to uh, diagnose the issue with your car. You can trust him to use good parts to fix your car, which is a big deal, man. You can trust him to charge you a fair price. And like I just told you, you can trust him that if something goes wrong, he stands behind his work and fixes it. It's easy. Schedule an appointment right now. Go request a quote. He'll tell you. It's freewaytireshop.com right there online. So we're going to take this trip around the block. And man, there's a lot to get into. First, I'd like to take a moment. As we record this, it's January 12th. And so it will have come and gone. But today is my mom, Tracy. It is her birthday. So happy birthday to my mom. She is turning the ripe young age of 70 today wow she looks fantastic yeah entering the world of the 70s 
which is wild to think. <laughs> and I'm sure it is for her, too. I know it's probably more wild, more so than for herself. It's probably more wild that, you know, as her children get older and, and she's got a son that's in his 40s now. So I imagine, you know, kind of wild on both sides as life goes by. But happy birthday to my mom because she's kick ass wonderful human being no, um, I'm going to piggyback on that only to say while you're talking about 70 you know and I don't know if I mentioned this the other day I was just tripping on the fact that I'm closer to 60 than 50 and so as you yeah. move up there 70 don't really seem that old bro that's like 14 years away no not at all not at all and and you know I, I, I certainly hope and, and believe we'll be 10 years from now saying happy birthday to my mom on her 80th birthday so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't have any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to the next decade for my mom as she is 70 today. But some of the other things in the block, and, and man, this is a couple of things to get to. First off, I saw this. I think you had sent me this, and I'd also, I saw it somewhere, and it blew my mind. I was like, no way. But apparently, it is true that Universal Studios theme park, what we're all very familiar with in the Orlando area, has announced they will be building a new Universal Studios theme park in Frisco. Yeah, bro. Which is wild. I mean, that is, you know, as you get older, quite honestly, Universal Studios is better than Disney World. <laughs> uh, my thing is, it's going to be a lot better than Six Flags. Oh, no, it, it might. It, well, I mean, they're so far apart. I was going to say it might shut Six Flags down, but that, I mean, Frisco and Arlington are nowhere near each other. No, but, you know, what happens is people are going to have a choice. Like, we got this many dollars to spend on the theme parks. Where are we going? And, you know, now if you got a season pass, which my dude had for a couple summers, that's cool. But if not, bro, you may, you know, and it, they're nothing close to each other. But still, man, the way the toll roads are and the highways, man, mm -hmm. if you just feel like rolling like that during the summer, if you're a kid, uh, you know, go for it. Yeah, and, and so they say that the park projects it will draw as many as 20,000 vehicles a day on the weekends with about 10,000 vehicles a day during the week because obviously people that now live in the Frisco area that have these nice homes and whatnot are like, whoa, hold on a second, what the hell? Like, we don't want to deal with all that traffic that that's going to create, but that's the estimates. They say that it's comparable to what a Frisco Rough Rider or FC Dallas game would draw. It's like, come on. You're trying to tell me 20,000 cars are going to a Frisco Rough Rider game? I don't think so. Bro. No. It's a 97-acre park with a 300-room resort that they say will be a theme park experience like no other for young children and create a global tourist destination right smack dab in Collin County in Frisco as a great asset to the community. Did they say where in Frisco they're doing it? Yeah, it looks like it's going to be up off. It's going to be in North Frisco, and it's up like somewhere near where Panther Creek Parkway is. Panther Creek Parkway and the Dallas Tollway. You know, I don't think I've ever been that far north, brother. Yeah, I don't know that I have either because I've been, I mean, I've been up there, and I don't know that, I mean, I did years ago. And you know what's funny about this is I had heard a rumor years ago that they were going to build a Disney World in that area. And it's funny that it's a Universal Studios. So, I mean, this is, man, this is, God, this looks like maybe a half mile from 380. Like, it's that far north. Wow. Like, way up there. 
So Panther Creek Parkway is in between El Dorado and PGA Parkway. So this is up north past El Dorado, which most people would have no reason to go past El Dorado. Matter of fact, I think El Dorado is probably as far north as I've been. Yeah, and so they are putting it way up there. It'll be on the, I believe it's supposed to be on the, what would that be? The east side of the tollway out there in that area where there's a massive just nothingness there now. Right. And so, yeah, you can be looking forward to that over there in that really extreme north Frisco area, Universal Studios theme park. And it hasn't said like what attractions are going to be there because, you know, I think the one down in Florida has Harry Potter's world and all that and I mean, I went when I was in high school with my family and it was badass. I wouldn't mind going back. I mean, they had the Back to the Future ride and E.T. and all that stuff. The Jaws ride. And I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything on what they would be incorporating in this version of the park. But I imagine it'll be apparently this one will be geared a little bit more towards younger kids. And like they'll have like minions and stuff like that. And, and some of that other stuff that Universal owns. OK. All right that they'll have stuff that's more geared to that. But man, I mean, good Lord, Frisco. I mean, Frisco was a dot in the map 20 years ago. I can't remember now. How long does it take to build this thing? It will be opening in 2025. So it'll be two years. Man, that doesn't seem like very long. I thought the same thing. I saw that. I was like, holy crap. I mean, I guess if they break ground here in the next few weeks, that gives them, you know, it, it didn't say when in 2025. So, you know, I would imagine... They probably want to get it open by May of 2025. So you're looking at what? A little over two years, probably. Yeah, I imagine I'll go visit it in 2028 or something. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, the fact after that it's the, there. After the initial rush goes down. Yeah, the thing, the fact that now I, I could stay at my parents' house or, or my brother's house or whatever, and I don't have to pay for a hotel and you don't really have to pay because you're going to visit there anyway. And you can go to a thing like Universal Studios. It, I'm, I'm in for it. Why not? I don't have to deal with the traffic in that area. Sucks for all you North Frisco people. And I'll tell you, you know what this is going to do, because it's already I mean, I think everybody's well aware of this, of the the boom of the extreme north Dallas area where, I mean, again, we've talked about this before, like Anna and Melissa and that whole thing. Yeah. You know, this is going to explode that whole area up north of 380 now, which is I mean, Prosper's already blowing up, but I'm talking like even more so over there, like Crossroads and Krugerville and Aubrey is up in that area, of course, and that I whole thing. Some real estate up there. Yeah, man. I mean, my God. I mean, the fact that people live in Salina to me is like, Jesus. I mean, that's basically Van Alstine almost. Bro. Uh, you know, it'll also draw a lot of people from Oklahoma. You know, Yeah, I mean? it will. Because it'll actually, you know what? I bet. I'm trying to think how far north from Dallas that is. I bet it's almost the same distance to the Oklahoma border. That's what I mean. That's pretty wild, man. But be looking forward to that. The other thing for you, and man, as you might imagine, because I know some people that live in that area, this has made national news now. The situation at Rockwall Heath High School, which I always call fake high school because it didn't exist when I lived in Rockwall because I graduated from actual Rockwall. Right. This is everywhere. It's on TMZ. The New York Post has it. But the situation there in Heath, several of their high school football players were hospitalized after they were forced to perform 400 push-ups in an hour as punishment by the head coach out there named John Harrell. 
And apparently he did not allow them to have any water during this time. When the temperatures I understand in Dallas have been like unseasonably warm in the last few days. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was 80 a couple of days ago. But, uh, you know, the no water part is going to get him popped, probably, because that's just dumb in yeah. today's like, world. What are you doing? Uh, but I had a lot of questions about it because, uh, and you're a good person to talk, but um, 400 push-ups is a lot, but it's not an insane number. Not in an hour, yeah. I mean, that's... For people who are in shape, and, and I don't say this to be like, oh, I'm such Mr. Tough Guy. Um, I used to do workouts regularly where I'd jump rope for a minute, do 50 push-ups, jump rope for a minute, do 50 push-ups, and the whole goal was do 500 push-ups, and that were, those workouts usually took me about 40 minutes. Um, and I wasn't taking these long breaks in between. So what I'm saying is, I don't think that that was all that was going on. I bet, and you tell me, bro, I bet there was some uh, some hit cardio, whether they were burpees or squat thrust or yeah. mountain climbers there was or sprints. There was some cardio stuff going on in there it would seem to me, I just can't, and you, again, you tell me, because you've done triathlons and stuff, I just don't see a world where push-ups cause kidney failure. Yeah, I, I don't get that either. Not, four, not 400. No, and it, it makes you wonder, like, okay, no water breaks, and how much were they sweating, and what were they doing before that hour? Like, did, yeah. they, did they have a workout, and then it was like, okay, he didn't allow water during that workout, and no, like, electrolyte rehydration? And yeah. then, oh, I don't care if you're thirsty and you feel like that. Now go do 400 push-ups. That's what it sounds like to me from the outside looking in. Uh, and, I, you know, I sent a couple people texts at the morning news to say just that if you're not a workout person, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't strike you as odd. But kidney failure and push-ups don't really seem to go together as you do push-ups and now you've got kidney failure. Not with that number. No, not at all. And, and like you said, I mean, it's one of those things like when I saw that, I was like, man, 400 in an hour. I mean, that would be tough. But it, it, I mean, to me, uh, is it 400 nonstop? Is it like what, what's the like there's other parameters to that, because if you did 20 sets of 20, that's 400. Right. Or you know, as but, I was talking about 10 sets of 40. Right. Yeah. And again, we're also sets talking. Of 10, I mean, you know, I don't know. We're also talking about 6A high school football players. They're already in shape, you know. Um, they're not like it's not like a bunch of guys who aren't in shape out there at a uh, you know uh, boot camp. Um, these guys are in shape because they're just now coming off their season. They haven't had that much yeah. time to get out of shape. Um, and then you're talking about such a large number. If it was one guy or two guys, you go, oh, those guys in and of itself just aren't in shape. But if you got like eight guys going to the hospital, yeah, that's weird. Uh, that's a big number, bro. Yeah, and it, and it, it's. You know, from what I understand, and I, I, we've talked about this before, a friend of mine coaches at Rockwall, not Rockwall Heath, and one of my best friends taught at Rockwall Heath for years. And I was kind of told that this dude that was hired, that there was a lot of eh, hurt feelings, a lot of irritation that he got the job, that they thought this other guy was going to get the job. And when he didn't get it, he quit and got out of coaching. And this guy got the job. And a lot of people disagreed with him getting the job to begin with back in 2019. So I, I don't know that I was told by both those dudes. One of them said just a lot of drama over there. And, and the other one basically was like, yeah, that's a, a shit show over there with all the entitled parents. 
Uh, yeah, bro. So I, who I knows? And those are guys. I don't doubt, that, right. So I don't doubt that there are entitled parents involved because one, it's a suburban school. And it's two, it's, tex, it's Texas high school football. So that that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, the other thing is this is I couldn't figure out if this was his first year or his second year. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's from what I understand. It sounds like he's been there for a couple of seasons. All right, because I was trying to look because I asked him about it. I was looking up that, you know, I remember two years ago they were uh, 10 and three. Yeah. And then they were 11 and two and really, really good. And then this year they fell back to where they had primarily been, which is a 500 team. And, you know, it doesn't take long for people to get used to winning and be like, yo, uh, you know, the coach is a problem. So I don't know. Uh, But there's a lot of moving parts to that. Uh, I do know that the truth at some point will come out, and maybe some combination of the two. I would imagine. I mean, the the reality of it is with the and there's multiple reports that he wasn't allowing water, and if that's true, then you're just a dumbass. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you're doing because the workouts that I do, I drink water like a mofo, and I also take electrolyte supplements. Like I, I'm not messing around with that. Like I, it wouldn't cross my mind to do some bitch ass workout where I'm pushing myself like a crazy asshole, sweating like crazy, and be like, "Oh no, I'm not going to drink water." Like that's that's unfathomable, especially with what we know now. And not just like in the summers when I work out, because you know I work out outside, and in the right. summers I sweat so much I drink uh, like a whole thing. Like I'll drink 24 ounces of water and a 24 ounce Gatorade to make sure that I'm rehydrating and it's not just water flushing out my system and the electrolytes and the stuff that you need. Right, because uh, what I found out when I had my dehydration yep. thing and, and almost fainted is water alone, my friends, is not enough. Yeah, that, that's what happens a lot of the times too is when you get in a situation like that, you're like, oh, I just need to drink water and you can actually drink too much water, which can flush out your system and make it even worse for you. Exactly. And that's something that, especially when you're sweating a lot in, in, in really hot, humid conditions, you need to drink something like a Gatorade that has those electrolytes with it. Because when you sweat, if, you're, if you drink water, you're not replacing the electrolytes and the salt that you're losing, which can be nah, really, really bad. It actually makes it worse. No, nah, for real. So there's a pro tip for you. So the other thing I have for you here is and I, I, I might have mentioned I was reading that Jeff Perlman book about the Lakers called Showtime the story of the 80s Lakers and all that right well I finished that a while back and we because I read that book I now wanted to go and watch the HBO Max series Winning Time which is based on that book and tells the story of how the Showtime Lakers of the 80s came to be and I got to tell you, man, we are, I think we're seven episodes into season one. It is phenomenal. Like that is a dance. Like it is wild how they found dudes who look enough like their real life counterparts to put this thing on. And, you know, everything that was in the book is in this show. They do not hold back whatsoever. I mean, there it is. And again, for those of you, most of you listening, I assume, are familiar with the NBA of the 1980s and especially going into the 80s back when, you know, they weren't sure if the league was going to survive because so many people were doing cocaine and stuff and had gotten out of control and moving into the 80s. And I mean, they show all that the forum club and 
you know, how Jerry Buss was a guy that was known as this old dude that was never without some young 20 something blonde on his arm and in and, right. and how you know magic johnson would pick girls out of the crowd and, and bang them in the locker room or whatever the case may be and he was having sex with anywhere from three to five people a day and not just him but like a lot of the guys on the lakers were doing that and man they include all that and the way that it's done is it's really well put together but it stays I mean, obviously, they don't know, you know, in the locker room, are those the exact word for word conversations they're having? They don't know that. But the stuff that is known and the stuff that is on the record that guys have shared over the course of time, all that is in there. And it is fascinating. Um, no, nah, man, it sounds like it. Um, I've, I've read mixed reviews on it. And so I just never got into it. And I read the book and the book was great. Yeah. I read it probably two or three years ago. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but, you know, Perlman's fantastic. And, you know, he uses a technique that I've uh, that I've come to use over the last decade or so, which is really um, when people are telling you a story, you, you literally ask them, you know, well, what was said? And you take it. Hey, Matt, uh, when, when we got into that deal, you know, a reporter would be like, yeah. hey, Matt, so how do you remember that conversation with you and Jacques going when you when you guys first first met uh, the day before the first show? And Matt would tell him. And then he'd interview me and say, hey, what do you remember about that conversation? And I would tell him. And you kind of mix it and match it together uh, so that both so that it's represented as close as could possibly be. And so that nobody would say, I never said that. Yeah. You know, um, and that's really what you're doing. And that's. You know, part of what it does, and obviously I've been using that technique a lot this year, is it takes people where they couldn't go. You know, it takes you to the exact moment Jacques and Matt had the conversation the day before the first show in the little room next to the uh, next to the studio talking about how it's going, how it's going down. Um, And that's what everybody wants is because books are about details and taking people where they can't go. And if you can do that successfully, like Perlman has mastered then all you do is write bestsellers. Yeah, and it is, you know, like you said, I, I the book, and I used to just love the NBA. I mean, I grew up in the Michael Jordan area, obviously. I was obsessed with Jordan, but my dad watched a lot of, I mean, the Lakers Celtics back in the 80s, and I grew up loving basketball, played basketball and all that, and so I remember a lot from that era and reading the book and learning more about that, and... You know, now watching the show and seeing it play out is just wild. And, and the way it's done is really interesting. It takes a minute to get used to it because they break the fourth wall and they talk to the audience a lot. Right. Like when we first watched episode one, I was like, man, this is just like kind of they'll be in the middle of an argument or something. And then they'll turn to the TV and go, I mean, can you believe this shit? Like, I mean, you guys know I'm right. You know, and then turn back into the argument like it's like, whoa. But they do a really good job of telling the story. And there's a lot, I think, to the beginning of the 80s Lakers that people forgot about or just never knew. Like, I guarantee you, if, if you if you said the name Jack McKinney to most basketball fans, they'd have no idea who you're talking to. Like, who? Right. And you'd be like, you know, the guy who's responsible for turning the Lakers into Showtime. Oh, you mean Pat Riley? No. I mean, Jack McKinney <laughs> and then Paul Westhead. And like the whole way that Jack McKinney got hurt in that freak accident that he had after he had already established, he only got to coach the Lakers for 14, 14 games before he had this weird ass injury. And every, like Jerry West immediately recognized this dude's a genius. Like this guy's an offensive genius on a level that we cannot process, you know? And it's one of those types of things where 
you know, you go all the way back to how when Jerry Buss bought the team, he wanted to bring in Jerry Tarkanian from UNLV. And Tark didn't want to come. So he like told him more money than anybody had ever made it coaching any professional sport. He agrees to it. And then Tark's agent turns up murdered by the mob in the trunk of his car. And so that Jerry Tarkanian then is like, you know, I'm not, I'm not leaving Vegas. I'm, I'm comfortable here. I'm staying. And that forced them to go out and find a different coach. Well, damn. Otherwise the eighties Showtime Lakers maybe never happen. Wow. I mean, who knows? I mean, it, it's, I don't know. It's just it, the show is really, really good. And it, it really develops each player. Like you learn a lot about Norm Nixon and magic and Kareem and Michael Cooper and a lot of those guys who were a big part of that team back then, Spencer Haywood, who they brought in that season, that was an abject disaster. You know, it, it, you learn about Jack McKinney and, and why Jerry West is the way that he is and all this. And it shows their beginnings. And they've already renewed it for season two. And I don't know, it's just crazy, man, because the dude that plays magic, he's only 6'3 in real life, but they shoot it in a way where it makes him look like he's 6'9 or whatever. And man, I I mean, he's got that smile. Like he's got that vibe kind of that Magic had. And the guy that plays Kareem looks like he's seven feet tall and kind of gives you that Kareem vibe of being an asshole. You know, I mean, it's it's wild, man. Anyway, it's really good if you're a fan of 80s NBA. (laughs) And if you didn't like the 80s NBA, then don't watch it. Well, no, that's a hell of a plug for it. So no. No, it is for real. And it's funny because, I mean, my fiance, obviously, she was not in the 80s. So she had no concept of any of this. And she's like, is that true? Did that really happen? I'm like, yeah, no, for real. This is like pretty much so far. Every wild thing that happens in this show is 100% true based on variety of reports from guys that played on that team. And it's just, I mean, it reminds me of... I used to, I mean, I've been in radio my entire adult life, and right. which is wild now. So when I first got into radio, I would cross paths with guys who had at that, at that time, you know, when I first got into radio back in 2001, 2002, I was crossing paths with guys who had been doing radio for 20 years, who did radio in the early 80s and through the 80s. Right. Sometimes guys that have been doing radio 30 years, who'd been doing it since the 70s. And the stories that those ha- those guys would tell you, you know, you used to be on the radio and you'd be like a celebrity and they would have groupies. And like, especially like these rock DJ guys, because this is before there were 90 million channels and stuff and there was no social media or cell phones. So people would listen to the radio all the time. And if you right. were on the radio, I mean, the stories they would tell me about these girls that would come up to the station and stuff. I'm like, no way. Like, come on. <laughs> and it was real. It really happened. And, and it's kind of like, You know, you get a lot of that from this show. It's just a different era before everything got, I I don't know, in a sense, everybody knew everything and it was impossible to get away with anything in a sense. Right. You know, not every phone was a camera. Not everybody had a phone in their pocket. It's just a different time and place, man. Right. And uh, things have definitely changed. (laughs) They, They have definitely changed for the better, probably in some ways, but also in some ways, maybe not for the better in a way but yeah the the show is it got my attention and i like good shows all right before we get to our conversation with clarence hill jr let's tell you about smoky john's barbecue and i know a lot of you you start making plays for this because some people have those those parties see technically we have to call it the big game because we're talking about it in an advertising sense 
Yes. But there is a big game that is happening one month from today on February 12th. And that big game, if you are having a Super Bowl party, you ought to get it catered by Smokey John's Barbecue because they are offering brisket queso, four pounds of wings, 20 hot links with bread, chips, and Smokey John's Barbecue sauce, all for the price of one forty nine ninety five. Wow. I mean, this that is a massive spread, man. That is uh, that. <laughs> wow. That is impressive, my friend. Yeah, this is this is pretty. This is a lot. I mean, that brisket queso. My God, that looks incredible. That's a that's a massive amount. Yeah, I mean, this is going to. OK, yeah, that looks awesome. Four that's pounds of wings, 20 hot links, bread, chips, barbecue sauce. And brisket queso, like a full half gallon of this, man. God, that looks good. I want to try that. <laughs> we should tell we should tell Juan and Brent to send you some. Yeah, just mail uh, it to me. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they can put it in some dry ice and send just a little little bit to you. Yeah, why not? Do it, guys. Yeah, it looks fantastic. So if you're looking for that part of your of your day, check it out. If not, swing by Smokey John's Barbecue anytime. Try that jam session bowl. Maybe if you're in the, the Frisco H-E-B area with the H-E-Bs up there, you can swing by H-E-B and grab you a bottle of their sauce. It's tasty. It's delicious. I think you'll love it. Yeah. And then there's always a jam session bowl if you want to go by mm-hmm. the storefront any day but Sunday. They close on Sunday. But uh, any other day, man, it's wide open. Go in there. Get the jam session bowl. It's a mac and cheese base. Or it's a mashed potatoes base. Yes, sir. Uh, Your choice out of two out of five smoked meats. And then, bro, that's when they go to work. They start putting those toppings on there that you'd find on a baked Mm. potato. You know, sour cream, chives, bacon, butter. Uh, It's fantastic. Uh, Then they drizzle it, man, with that sauce. Uh, It's enough for two easy with leftovers. Uh, if you got a kid with you, all three of y'all can eat on it. Mm. Uh, but it, it's it's great, man. It's fantastic. And uh, I haven't yet to hear anybody order it and say, oh, it wasn't any good. It's it's. I mean, you really can't do any better than that. No, you can't. So check them out at Smokey John's Barbecue. Also, of course, podcast made possible by HFX Foundation Solutions, a full-service foundation repair company. They service all of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So if you are running into those sticking doors and the cracks and all that type of thing, you need to give them a call. They can get out ahead of any potential problem. They also can handle your drainage issues on your property, your gutter installations. They do it all. And the best part is it's a free, no obligation inspection. So you can have them come out. And again, as we tell you all the time with foundation stuff, you want to just catch that as early as you can because it'll save you thousands of dollars in damages down the line. Um, you know, the thing about it is, man, we, we have fun about it and we call it the colonoscopy for your crib and all that stuff. But we do that for a reason, man, because, you know, when you think about it, you, you get a colonoscopy just to make sure that you're all good on the inside and that uh, it gives you that peace of mind that nothing's going to be sneaking up on you. Man, it's the same thing about your house, man. You just want peace of mind that you're not just chilling, relaxing, and your house is going to hell inside and you don't know anything about it. So pick up the phone. Give Aaron and his team a call at 817-770-0174. Say, hey, bro, come check it out. Come give me a colonoscopy for my crib. They'll give it to you. Uh, Hopefully nothing pops up. You get the peace of mind that, okay, now you can really relax and watch the big game. And uh, and if you get something wrong, chances are they caught it early. You go, hey, here's here's what it is. Here's how we fix it. And it's just a fraction of what it would be if you caught if you caught it late. 
So there's no good reason not to give Aaron and his team a call over there at 817-770-0174 and tell him I want a colonoscopy for my crib. Yeah, just like that. He'll know exactly what you mean. Check him out online as well at hfxfoundation.com. Let's check in with our Cowboys insider, longtime beat writer with the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Clarence E. Hill Jr. joining us. And chill, the Cowboys moving on to the playoffs. We haven't talked to you since the debacle in Washington. What do you make of that, of that performance as the last thing we've seen of this team as they get ready to go on the road again in Tampa Bay? It's out of the blue. It bothers my mind. They have, that, that was their worst performance of the season. And, 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 you know, things had been trending down. You know, they weren't playing their best football, you know, the last few weeks. But, but no one saw that coming. That was Dak Prescott's worst performance I've seen him ever play, really. You know, uh, not his rookie year, not his second year. I, I just I, – it's unexplainable. I mean, and, and they had no explanations for it. Um, you know, Dak Prescott said he was shitty, a crappy – all of that stuff. No one had any answers for why they played, and it wasn't just Dak. It was the, the drop, nap on the punt, and the muff punt, and drop passes, and it was just a, a, an awful, awful performance. Uh, and one thing I wrote, I mean, this is why you can't trust the Cowboys. This is why you can't trust them. This, this, you know, and I've been covering the team, you know, obviously since late 1996. They've won four playoff wins since I've been covering this team. And, and it's always something. They always cowboy it up. And you look at they have a 12-5 and five season. They, the numbers, the first time they've had back-to-back 12-5 seasons, 12-win seasons, you know, since they won three out of four Super Bowls, you know, in the, in the 90s. First time they went to playoffs back-to-back years under the same coach since, you know, 1998-99. You know, everything says this has been a successful season, but had you head to the playoffs, we're all looking at the Cowboys with a side eye. You know, Dak Prescott with a side eye. This is the most questioned, scrutinized, mistrusted 12th win team I've ever seen in NFL history. Well, damn. Do we, do, we, do we have a reason why? What's your theory on why the quarterback plays so poorly? You know, I think he, he, things were going bad. He was trying to make plays and just started pressing. I mean, it was two back-to-back deep passes. Throwing the ball deep down the field. And Oral Brown, I mean, like, what are you doing? You know, and and, and trying to make something happen, and it, it's just it, there those back-to-back intercept. You know, one should have been intercepted, next next one picked up. I just, I, I have no idea what he was going through. All I do know is, it is not just that the offense line has been horrible. You know, and it was horrible in that game, and there was no holes run through when the Cowboys had it going good. The running game was going good. Had a lot of third and shorts. There were no third and shorts. It was all third and long. Uh, who knew that Terrence Steele meant so much? Who knew that Tyler Biades meant so much? They have not been a great pass-blocking unit, and Dak has made up for a lot of things with his feet because the pass work has, has gotten home many times. He's made a lot of things happen with his feet. You know, I've told you about the receivers being CD in the maybes and Noah Brown and, 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 and – um, Michael Gallup has been 50-50. You know, you thought about it, you don't know. They don't make contested catches on a regular basis. And and so those are issues, you know, for this team. But, again, we're still talking about a team that finished top 10 in the NFL offense, a team that finished, you know, top you know three in the NFL scoring, you know, a team that finished in, in sack-wise, top three in the NFL in, in sack, you know, number one in turnovers. you got to go into the 12th game. And on paper, they are better a better team than uh, – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they, their top end 
this season has been better than Tampa Bay's tap in. I don't care what happened in season open. When they've been at their best this year, they've been much better. Tampa Bay is eight and nine for a reason. You know, but the thing about it is, is going to this game, if they don't win this game, they should win. Is because the Cowboys are cowboying again. Not because Tom Brady's a boogeyman. Not because, you know, Tampa Bay looks like the Super Bowl team of a couple of years ago. They're not. This is not that team. They're playing without Shaq Barrett, you know, their best pass rush. They don't, they have a lot in their running game is 32nd in the league. You know, uh, the Cowboys have to show up and get it done. So no matter what's happened before, we go back to last year. What matters now is what happens in the playoffs. Will this Cowboys team show up? Do you trust them? To get it done on Monday Now, we'll say you say that Tom Brady's not the boogeyman, and maybe he's not the boogeyman as we used to know it, but they only won eight games. Yet in five of those, man, against New Orleans, they outscored them 17-3 in the fourth quarter. Against the Rams, they won 10 nothing in the fourth quarter. Uh, New Orleans, 14-3 in the fourth quarter, 13 straight in the fourth quarter to beat Arizona, and then uh, they beat Carolina with 20 points in the fourth quarter. That's the only quarter they show play good. A, the rest of the time, they stink. Okay, show me a, show me a winning team in that ledger. Hey, man. I'm just hey, telling you. Hey, man, I just had your question. There's, no, there's no winning team. There's no winning team. But the problem is, the you know, we're talking about the, we're talking about the Cowboys you can't trust. And the yeah, Cowboys so who you might could trust if they were playing good. good football. No, they're not good. But the, the thing is, you can only go by what you've seen lately. They haven't been right. good, and uh, uh, sadly enough, our local hometown heroes have not been good, and that's the problem. No, that, that, that's the problem. And so I, I would suggest this. Don't let it be close in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Get out there. Jump on early. Don't go out there last year like you did last year. All nervous. Kept toying around, walking on eggshells with no swag and get jumped down. You let them jump on you 13 nothing. you know. Go out there and start fast. You start fast, you put them away. Don't give Tom Brady no life. If the game is close, once we go a game in the fourth quarter, we know what's going to happen. Don't let that happen. But, but, but again, yes, Tom Brady, they've looked good. They've, they've done what they're supposed to do down the stretch, and they beat some bad teams, and they division a bad Arizona team and a horrible Rams team, and they're in the playoffs. Whoop the damn do. they not good. <laughs> I agree. They are not good. I'm sorry. They are not. They are not a Super Bowl contender. When the Cowboys are at their best, they are a Super Bowl contender this year. Be your best. Be your best, regardless of circumstance. Jason Garrett said, "Be your best." It's time to show up. Zeke said it today. It doesn't matter when we said this before the season. The only thing that matters about this Cowboys team, this the coach, the future. What we know about Dak Prescott and what we want to know about Dak Prescott, it starts in the playoffs. Yes, it does. It, you you said this, Chiller, and it's true. Tampa Bay has the worst rushing attack in the NFL, but they can sling it around a little bit. They've got a slew of weapons in the passing game, mainly with Mike Evans and obviously Chris Godwin. The Cowboys sign Xavier, Xavier Rhodes to come in this week. Is he going to get a shot? I mean, what are they going to try to do as they keep cycling through guys on the other side outside of Trayvon Diggs to try to stop getting burned in the passing attack? Well, I can't run the 4 5 no more, so they can't sign me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, Xavier Woods is that he's a veteran option. You know, the problem they have is that not only they got guys who never, you know, who can't play, but they got guys with no experience. And so at least 
you know, Xavier Woods is, you know, three-time Pro Bowler who's been to the NFC Championship game. He didn't play a lot. not his former self anymore. He only played two games with Buffalo. But at least he's driven the car. He knows what it looks like. He's not going to get beat by coverages and different things like that. He's a smart guy. And so, yeah, they're going to give him a chance to see what he can do because, you know, you you, you can't run out Nation on Hughes and some of the guys uh, uh, they run out there, you know, and, and against Mike Evans and against Tom Brady. Yes, Tom Brady, they've been throwing the ball over the park, but he also has a career-lowing yards per attempt. They don't throw the ball down the field. You know, so you need to go on and have some guys that, that, that uh, can cover and tackle. <laughs> yeah. So who do you expect to be out there at left corner? <laughs> Again, you know, it's going to have to be a combination. You can't expect Rose to, to just come here from Buffalo after only playing two games in Buffalo to come out there and be your full-time starter out there. They're going to have different packages out there, but I, I expect to see him play. He's going to. You know, depending on the rundown, run situation, you're going to use some Nation Hughes and some uh, 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 guys like that. And you know, Deron Bland is going to be back. He's going to be outside. He's going to have you know, you know, three or four safeties in there, and use Bland on the outside and and do some different things like that to match up. But you know, the good news is, as I've said, it's kind of it's a blasphemous to a certain extent. I think the pass rush is happy they're playing Tom Brady. The reason the pass rush hasn't gotten home is because the mobile quarterbacks kept running away from them. I mean, how many times in the last few weeks have they, you know, missed sacks because the quarterback run, you know, was mobile and moved out the way? Now, Tom, you know, certainly you go back to the Jacksonville game. How many times did that quarterback get out of there? You know, even this past week against Washington, when, when the, you know, Tom was going to get rid of the ball, but if they get home, they're going to get him on the ground, unlike the fifth they've had the past few weeks when they couldn't get right. the quarterback on the ground. Uh, that being said, I mean, Tampa has given up the fewest sacks of any team in the NFL this year. I mean, as you know, I mean, Brady gets out, he gets rid of the ball really quickly. Yeah, one thing they did do in the first game where they got to Brady. I mean, I think Parsons had two in the open, right? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, you know, and their, their offensive line, they got some injuries, some of their guys back, but, they, you know, they, they've been injured and, and banged up up front, too. So, yeah, he gets rid of the ball. He gets rid of the ball faster than anybody in the league. But, again, if you get it home, you'll get him on the ground. you got to get home for sure. But if you get home, you get a chance to get him on the ground. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and that is fair. I mean, you're right. Micah did have the two sacks in the opener, and, and that was Brady. So a lot of concerns. But, I mean, we you talk about how bad Tampa Bay is. Dallas, for the most part, this season, and that's what I've, I've had a, a hard time understanding is, I mean, we're talking about a 12-5 and five team that for the bulk of the season was one of the best teams in the NFC. They happen to play like colossal shit the last game that we saw them, and all of a sudden they're oh well, the Tampa's going to win. I mean, everybody's picking Tampa. Everybody. I think That's I've because seen. You can't trust them. And I get that you can't because trust Tom them, but because Tom Brady got a track record and they don't, we know our why. That's why Vegas got the Cowboys to win. But most people, with our eyes, our common sense says, we, you know, I'm not picking the Cowboys or Tom Brady. Not not based on the way they played the last game last few weeks and we all believe that Tampa you know Tom Brady going to take it people believe that Tom Brady because of his past success that he has another gear in the playoffs he's a champion he's done it before he knows what it takes to win we don't know that the Cowboys do so who you picking up I'm picking the Cowboys because they, they should win I but I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa beats them because again you can't trust them but the Cowboys have been a better team and that's one thing I've always said. I go back to, you know, the Romo era. I mean, when, when the – or the 90s. You know, winners win. 
No excuses. If that's in your DNA, you're going to get it done. You're going to find a way to get it done. Okay? If the Cowboys got winners on this team, it's time to find a way to get it done. I go back to the drop snap in Seattle. You know, that's part of your DNA. That's on your ledger. You can't drop that snap. Injury-wise, it looked like today when the last thing that I saw, everybody's good, everybody's healthy, Biotish is back. It didn't look like they have any injury concerns going into the game, so that's a positive. No, no major injury concerns. I mean, you know, Marcus Lawrence still got his foot he's been dealing with, but yeah, Biotis was full. You know, Hank is his back, Leighton Vanderish is back. You know, you got your guys back. You're going to be as, you're much healthier. If you look at two injury reports compared to the Cowboys and Tampa Bay, you're certainly much healthier than Tampa Bay. They got a litany of guys on their injury report. You know, so it, it's it's just a different deal. No excuses. I mean, it, it, you know, you know, we McCarthy got mad, you know, at me Sunday night when I asked him. I, he said I was being dramatic about them not playing well, you know, with all, everything on the line and what they hope to do, you know, in Washington. And, you know, and then we brought up, you know, the fact that last year he said they were nervous, you know, and, and you let your team walk on the football field nervous, you know, going to that San Francisco game. And, you know, you contrast that to, I don't know if you guys have heard the Kirby Smart pregame speech. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. He said, no reason to be nervous, kick their ass, go in there and, you know, knock them out, everything. You know, if I thought my team was nervous and I felt my team was nervous, there's no way I let them walk out on that football field as he did last year. I'm going to be shaking the bowels of that stadium, going to break something against the wall. I'm going to, like, wake the hell up. Nervous contrast that to, with waking up, does it? What now? Nervous ain't got nothing to do with you can't, you can't say I saw my team was nervous and just let them walk out of there without addressing it, is what I'm saying. You have to address it in some way. I think it's all bullshit. I mean... Okay, it's bullshit or not. That, those are his words. He admitted it. He no, I mean... Was the man I mean, admitted they, to the media. If they're nervous, it's because individually, they certain cats ain't ready for the moment. But there's nothing you're going to do in right before the game to get somebody ready for the moment because that's done during the week and the months and years before that. It's like all I'm saying is I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm not gonna let them walk out there without addressing. Right. Whether well, it may not work, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna not address it. Is all I'm saying. I'm gonna address. It. I'm not gonna wait till after the game and well, I thought they was nervous. I thought they was nervous. He should bite the head off a snake. <laughs> <laughs> something, man. I'm going to do something, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think Kirby used the F word about 50 times in a minute and a half speech to Georgia. So He did. It he was did. awesome. He said, yes. He said, knock their ass out. Yeah. You know? You know? And, and, and then they did. And you can do that when you know you have a better team and a better talent. But – but but you still got to get the attention of your team, and I you know and it may that may not have made a difference. They were the better team regardless, but they were not going in there mealy mouth. They were not going in there, you know, with the with, with not having bad intentions. The Cowboys did go in this game with bad intentions. All right, Mike Tyson, I, I get that. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, man. I gotta I gotta address it. One one thing, a lot of people seem to think, for whatever reason, that if they do lose on Monday night, that Jerry would consider moving on from Mike McCarthy. Do you think he's safe regardless of the outcome? Well, first of all, just because Jerry said it don't make it so, okay? And there, there's no such thing as regardless of the outcome with Jerry Jones. And, and, and no one knows because he can say one thing today 
and 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 they lose and they go out and and do a TCU or do a or, or what they did against Washington, and and he he won't let it go. And so, uh, the best thing he can do is is is, is win and put up a good showing. Uh, everything else, I'll bet draw. There's there's no guarantees that he's coming back. You know, you can say, well, they can't afford Sean Payton. I've I've been talking with different members of the media. They don't want to pay this, and they really don't want Sean Payton. You know, even though everybody in the media thinks they do, or some people think they do. You know, if 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 you fire him, you give it to Dan Quinn. I mean, this is also some of Dan Quinn's work. You know, how does he get clean? You know, out of this, and and of course, you may not want to let Dan Quinn leave. You might not believe that. Well, if McCarthy can't win without Dan Quinn. You know, that there are a lot of if ands and stuff like that. Uh, I think that he should return based on what he's done. You continue this thing, but there's no guarantees with Jerry Jones and, and based on the outcome. All right, Joe. So what, th- oh. what do you think will happen? <laughs> I, I I think they will win this week. You know, the Cow- uh, one good thing about yeah. Mike McCarthy's Cowboys is that when they they follow the loss with a win. You know, and 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 so going back to last year, they've not lost two games in a row. They've always responded. This time they're facing Tom Brady, who they never beat. Yeah, looking for that first road playoff win since '92, and we know what happened. '92. All right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, and they and they probably should have won in '94. You know, on the road. But, yep. You know, they started out bad, and Charles Aikman said that was the best game he's ever played, the team has ever played. But they lost to San Francisco after going down three touchdowns. Now, you know, Clarence Hill has opinions on all things on all things. What's your take on what's going on at Rockwall Heath? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, we, we, we were also talking about this, and I just don't know why you make, if it's a PE class, why you make them do 300 push-ups? W- what are you doing? These kids are not on the football team, and they can't do 300 push-ups. I didn't realize it was PE. I thought it was a, a football practice. I don't think it was football practice. But yeah, because that's different. If it, that'd be different to me. But then a three hundred push up. Oh, you know, that's not a lot. In an hour, that's not a lot. <laughs> well, it depends on the shape they're in, though. But you also need to know that the shape your team is in. Everybody's six... not built the same. They're all high school kids. They're not don't have the same. If they're not all in the same shape, then you you, you need to gauge that. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, yeah, you know, I don't know if they had built up to this. If they had, you know, had done hundred one day and two hundred the next day, and they built up three hundred, was this all three hundred one time? I know it was an hour, but still, these these kids ain't built the same. Come on, Doc. Yeah, it's it's What's wrong it's with you? Football. They should huh? be in shape. I thought it was a football. I thought it was an off season practice. So if they're football, players, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Football. All I know is. If, it, 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 I know it's not a word, but irregardless, he found out that they, they couldn't do it. Yes, he did. Now going have, to the hospital. I don't think we got the full story yet. I think some stuff has been left out. If that many kids went to the hospital, the doctor? Yeah, I don't think. And they got a good so program. That's what I'm saying. I think they did some, some cardio or some, some other stuff before I mean, that. They that did. down. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. Again, it's your anyway. job to manage your. It's your job as a coach to manage your team and, and get them as the best as possible. And so, if you don't know the conditioning or level of your team, and you put them in a situation where where kids can get hurt, that's still on you. Yeah, yeah. 
And and you know, to that, be fair, real real Rockwall is is a much better program nowadays than Rockwall Heat. So you knew he was going to get back. I, I, to I, I, I didn't know that was a rivalry out there. I, I oh my god, are you kidding me? Come on, jacket fight never dies. I mean, geez, there's only one real <laughs> Rockwall school. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> All I know is Lake Ray Hubbard, okay? Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Joe, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. Appreciate you guys. All right, see you. All right, there he goes. Clarence Hill Jr. And, you know, it's interesting. I just saw this, and, and I'm curious what you think of this because Ed Werder just threw this up on Twitter while we were talking to Chill. He brings up the comparison of the Cowboys on artificial turf versus grass. He says they're a dome team with defensive emphasis on speed rushers. This season, they are 11 and one on artificial turf with 25 takeaways and 42 sacks, one and four on grass with eight takeaways in those five games and 12 sacks. That's pretty good. It's kind of interesting, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, they were eight and one at the crib, which is a turf, and yeah. you, should build, you should build your team around where you play the most. Um, you know, but okay, we get all of that, okay? But the reality of it is still that uh what they were they were up by twenty seven to ten in Jacksonville on turf. Yeah. They were up uh fourteen points going into the fourth quarter against uh Green Bay on turf. I mean grass. Grass, yeah. I mean, both grass. both of those are grass. So uh, that's my way of saying yes, it's very interesting, but the reality of it is, does it really mean anything? Because they were they were winning those games on turf handedly before losing them. The last game, they got their butts kicked. But you know the other ones, uh, you know, I don't uh, I don't know that I blame it on the turf. But clearly they're a different team on the turf. But you know, if not for some weird some weird circumstance at the end of games. They win those two, and they're we're talking about teams fourteen and three, and so whatever they did on turf doesn't really on grass doesn't really matter. Yeah, and, and you know if that's the case, and, and they have to go through the path like we think that they might have to. I mean, 49ers play on grass, Eagles play on grass, so we'll see. Well, the other thing is, um, how many games did they play on grass? Five. They played five. Yeah. So small so, small I mean, sample size, which is kind of interesting. Very small sample. No, it is interesting, but, you know. But you know what, man? If, if Randy Gregory was still here, he'd just tell you, who cares about the grass? Just smoke it. Wow. That's a dad joke. So I'm just saying, get out there, take the Buccaneers, and win the damn game. <laughs> I'll give him a Kirby Smart motivational speech. I have no problem with that. I'll run through a wall and show him if I can do it, you can do it too. <laughs> I bet you'd win it. All right, that's the podcast. We're back at it again. Keep in mind, we are going to wait till after the Cowboys game on Monday night. We'll give you our reactions. Hopefully, as the season continues and we start looking ahead to a playoff game, most likely in San Francisco. But, I mean, hey, maybe the Cowboys, Giants, and Seahawks win, and we're talking about the Cowboys hosting the Giants next week. Nobody knows. No, that I told you, I'm, I would really appreciate for them to win. It keeps everything going in the city. It's a lot more excitement going on. Yeah, uh, that would be good, man, for them to win. I just don't think that they will. I hope that they do, but I don't think that they will. So, and uh, well, you know, I don't deal in hope real much. No, you don't. So we will reconvene. 
keep that in mind. New podcast Monday night after the game, our post-game thoughts and reactions. We will have that for you. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. If you are off on Monday, enjoy the holiday. Some of you get three-day weekends. Some of you don't. And we will talk to you after the Cowboys, I think, advance to the divisional round. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.